Welcome to Supercoach Insider. My name is Rusty. Rusty. Well, I, <laughs> I am Rusty. <laughs> we, both, we both might be a bit rusty after our long hiatus in the off-season. I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Ben. A Merry <laughs> Christmas to everyone out there. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, jeez, you are a ho. Uh, just talking about my ex-girlfriends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts. What do you mean? You've only ever had one girlfriend. Oh, that's 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 incorrect. But that's probably... Yeah, you're right. Yes. That's she will be here shortly. It doesn't count when I wear a wig, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, Sorry for the delay. Things have been a bit crazy in they our other lives. Been. Yes. Um, so we thought we'd give you a little bit of a, a Christmas bonus special and explain a little bit about what happened at the end of last year and um, oh, I suppose this year. Um, and then a look to next year as well, which is going to be pretty exciting. So it will be a pretty in-depth pod and um, very Supercoach related, but also a little bit of fun and banter as we always like to do. Yes, uh, Supercoach Insider. So, for those looking for all the information on uh, next season and the team, the you know the position pickers and whatever, you can just wait your turn. Yep, it's a bit early. Come on, guys, <laughs> calm down. I know Christmas came early with the team selector and the team picker, but uh, look, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of content that we're going to get into as we usually do. Yeah, and all of our stuff is generated by the stats, the facts. Yeah. Uh, as well as our gut feel and just general bias. but We will, um, we will do a, a, a team picker at the end of this pod just to go through what we're currently looking at how, yes. and just a little bit on structures. Um, but we yeah, we will go do our in-depth pod series starting in January yep. that will focus heavily on each individual team. And, and we'll, we'll, go right we'll get into that at the end yeah. of this anyway. So, all right, Chris, well, how did you finish the season, my friend? Oh, mate, well, I'll tell you what. You, as a matter of fact, so with the last pod that we had, I did mention to everyone I was going away, and I actually went to Bulgaria, of all places. Um, so I had a work thing that went for just over two weeks and cut me out of three weeks of football action, unfortunately, which was... Unfortunately, the last three weeks of the Supercoach season, um, which is why I lost everything. Yeah, that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> well, and, and, well, yeah, to be fair, I had uh, busy university stuff as well. So I had four weeks of unpaid placement, which was very full on. Plus, then I had all the assessment as well. Like, it was just full yeah. on. Um, yeah, and we then, don't obviously plan on that happening this year. No, um, no, it, it was just more end of season and we would be meaning to catch up except things were crazy and we yeah. were going to catch up when Team Picker was announced except I just got told to go to the Hayman Island and did an 82-hour week. So, which is why we're now doing a pre-Christmas special instead of a Team Picker release special when it got announced. But, yeah, plus, um, I mean, I was hey. very hazy grand final week as well. So <laughs> I was very, very, uh, I, had, I had a few we, drinks that Chris, week. Chris needed time. <laughs> Everybody, Chris needed time to repair his wounds, <laughs> to be able to actually talk about the final loss on an That's, even keel without... There's still no even keel. <laughs> <laughs> did you join that um, that page, the Facebook page, Brendan... No, the day Brendan no but I did sign was... the petition. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely signed the petition. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, so let's go through uh, chronologically. So end of the season, um, I was pretty much copying two zeros a week on field. Um, which was really, really bad for me. Um, we didn't end up finishing the season well at all. I literally copped every post-buy uh, injury that there was available and ran out of trades by around 17 or 18, I think it was, um, which just meant that my season pretty much went into a freefall. And uh, yeah, I did actually manage to, like it wasn't really terrible. I was still posting decent scores, 
but everyone that had full teams was outscoring me exponentially. Yep, everyone um, was going ham. Yeah, and- like my players that were playing were playing really, really well. My captain selections were fantastic. Um, yep. I had uh, Jack McCra- I had one of the best midfields I could I could have had, but just yeah, I think two donuts in defence was really really hurting me. So so everyone was going Unlucky. ham and you were going Devon. Yes, exactly. Just right. all the scraps trying to put together <laughs> with a bit of duct tape trying to hold it together. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. A bit That's of modella, yeah. Oh, mine was the same. Uh, uh, I risked it for the biscuit. Yeah. Um, as we said, for those that have been following for a long time, like I was more draft related. So I and uh, kudos again. A won the ten man league and won. The, we won the eighteen one. We did. We won that. Yeah, so. our, draft, our drafts went really well. You, you knocked me out in the uh, preliminary final. Yes, with big um, scores. Big, massive. You had a massive score. That I actually had the second best score of the year. Yep. Uh, my second best score of the year. Yep. And I still didn't beat you. Yeah, I went so big time. that's upsetting for my draft week. Anyway, so with me, I was like, okay, so I'm going for overall. So I probably went a bit too trade heavy on some of mine and just made some wrong decisions like bringing in Toby McLean instead of bringing uh, in Grundy. I think everyone made that, that hurt mistake. Me. I, no, I bring in Toby. Yeah, but instead of Grundy, I could have got Grundy early. Ah, uh, yeah, anyway. that's unfortunate. Who, anyway. who would have who guessed? Like we did, and this is one thing we did say in our pre, uh, pre-se- pre-season series is a, and I went back through and one of the things I said was at some stage we're all going to say that Brody Grundy is the best ruckman in the competition I just didn't think it would be this, this year, year. <laughs> no um, well, it's like anything like Patrick Dangerfield back before it's like you know he's good it's like but when's he going to go off and then yeah. he just you know, at went some off. point you could just see that he's just got oodles of talent so. yeah so my my um, my ranking really slid to like 16,000 because I had no trades okay Yep. I so, actually managed to stay in the top 10,000. Well, nice one. But that's not... I don't think that's really something to gloat about. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My, the wheels fell off for me, so that no, was... No, exactly. Um, but that I was think... Done. Yeah, I you know, had a good, decent run. We we both entered... Did you end, end up entering the top 1,000 at some point, or did you get just outside and then start this slide? No, you were a 1,000. I was about 800 or so behind you. I think it was a couple thousand. Yeah. I made it to a couple so thousand. I, so I made it to, I think, 920 or something like that. Yep. That was my peak. Anyway. Anywho. All good. That was this season in a nutshell. So, Chris, would you like to introduce these channels that we're speaking of? The future. Yeah. But we're going to try something a little bit different. The future um, dream. I think that there's there's a lot of uh, teams out there that do similar to what we do, which is fantastic. And a lot of them do a really good job. We're going to try something a little bit different this year. And there's a few reasons for it. But um, just the mediums that are out there and the technology these days, we can definitely... Uh, transcend some barriers um, and we'll still be releasing this exact same content uh, yep. which will be our so podcast for those that just basis. want to stream the audio that's fine or you can download I think we'll be able to download the audio and yep. listen to that so it doesn't kill your data but most people have plenty of data anyway these days these days I mean you, uh, the, even, I even Tolstra were like oh we'll double your gig there's a 60 gig a month well even Jewish 60 gig a month on your phone even Jewish Ben here has 40 gig a month so <laughs> like that's yeah. true that's true <laughs> and now you're you're not even going to use it because you sold your Pokemon Go account. So like, <laughs> oh, mate, sold it for a mint. Might I, might I add? Anyway, so we'll look uh, for those that are following us already. We are Supercoach Insider. You can find us on Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash Supercoach Insider. And um, you're looking at Twitter. You're looking at SC underscore Insider underscore. Yep. And a couple of new ones, Chris. Yeah. So we're actually going to be starting up a, a Twitch. We actually have a, a Twitch profile now, which is at SC underscore Insider. So if you want to follow us on Twitch. We will be doing live streams through Twitch throughout the year for our uh, podcast. So we'll be doing live podcasts all year 
which I think is going to be pretty cool. Um, at the same time, if you miss that, you can obviously still watch that on Twitch or you can jump across to YouTube and we're going to be uploading all of our content to YouTube and we are Supercoach Insider on YouTube as well as SoundCloud. Obviously, you can catch the link to SoundCloud, which will be Supercoach Insider on there as yeah. well. So well, we're trying to be a bit more interactive. And yeah, I think, we I think want people, to involve the community. There's a lot of people out there's there. There's a lot of people voicing their opinions, but you don't really put a face to the name. And with us, it's like... We want to be engaged with you so you can watch us, you can listen to us, you can do whatever, yeah. comment and whatever medium you want to get through. Yeah. But um, I it think it's just... It just makes it simple. And it's just different. And that way we can then splice in some footage and actually show you what we're talking about and just kind of provide something a little bit different yeah. and niche to When what- we're talking about a game, we can have the highlights of the game on our Twitch stream. You know, we can do things that you can't do when you're doing just a regular podcast because you don't have that visual content. You will obviously still... We're still going to incorporate as much audio into that as well but it just gives us a platform that we can do a bunch more different things um attack a different market a lot of the younger generation are on twitch and youtube etc yep so for us it makes sense and also you can um donate and subscribe to our twitch account so if you do feel like um, we had a lot of people last year that wanted to um, donate to the cause and the podcast etc so if you want to do that and you don't have to it's completely free to do so um, but you're more than welcome to subscribe to us and to donate to the stream as well, which is pretty cool. So it just, just gives you a platform to do a variety of different things. So we're yeah. pretty excited. That'll be starting in January with our uh, team by team player streams. Um, so we're, we're uh, sorry, that's our team by team streams, which will be pretty yeah. cool. So, so we're, pretty much, yeah, we look at the players, you know, to look for the mid prices, to look for the draft sneakies, those that are injured, uh, and our general feel for the team. So it's a really good analysis. And most times people kind of do two or three teams in one, or even four yeah. teams in one pod. Mm-hmm. We do singular, and when you look at, you know, some are half an hour, or North Melbourne last year was 12 minutes, I believe. So, <laughs> uh, which won't be this year, Chris. They're yeah. a, lot more, a lot more relevant this year, I believe. So um, they are. A lot yes. more players just joined the ranks. I think North Melbourne will be a very uh, SC relevant team for the first time in a while, which is pretty cool. So, yes. Yeah, definitely excited about um, the, the coming up, upcoming preseason. I'm excited about the JLT, even though it's months away I'm not very much excited about AFLX but I'm glad that they're doing something different and trialing something because the one thing that I'll say about the AFL is that generally speaking they've been very old hat in their ways and they stick to too many traditions without trialing anything different I don't like the AFLX but I know what they're trying to do I really appreciate what they're essentially trying to do is to get our version of a game into a rectangular oval or a rectangular field so that they can display it internationally that's what they're trying to do um, don't like it. It's not traditional, but it's different and good on them for trying something. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't, I don't care either way that much about it, which probably shows my stance on it. To be <laughs> yeah. However, look, I'll will probably, you, will you watch it, right? I will watch it. I'll watch it. But I don't, I don't understand why so many people are ragging on it so passionately because if you don't like it, just it's don't, because don't people don't like change, bro. Yeah, just That's don't, it. But just, if you don't like it, don't pay attention. Yeah, or it's and, pre, it's in the pre it's in the pre preseason. And those, for a and those ragging on Patrick Dangerfield for being like, oh, he wants shorter seasons and he's accepting money for this. It's like, well, what he wants is, you know, there's always a preseason anyway, so it's not changing the length for the season at all, which makes that argument irrelevant. Uh, he would like to see you play from one once or something like over eighteen weeks, which would then actually give you more time for Vic AFL or whatever anyway. Is preseason's always been there. So saying, oh, he wants shorter seasons, but he's doing preseason. They're only short games. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, in the world. Uh, anyway. What I do like, um, and I think everyone's in agreement, is that everyone wants State of Origin back. So I think maybe that they yeah. can use this as a platform to launch a State of Origin. 
um, where, and I would really like this. So in the um, NBA, like the all-star game, what they do currently is that they've got two captains. The last year was Steph and LeBron, and they select them like they're doing with the AFLX. I think this could be really, um, really well included in, say, a state format where you have an all-stars team that is selected as opposed to, um, you know, from... But here's my yeah, here's my question: selected, is, there ch- by is there a chance that people won't get selected <laughs> or selected sure last? Like it'll be like that last guy, like oh Michael Walters, thank you, you're coming onto my team. Yeah. And he's like, oh thanks, Fife. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah, give me selection. Yeah, it's a give me selection. Or, um, or, or not people selected. don't get selected because yeah. they just don't like you. Yeah, you pick for you pick from uh, hundred people, I'm and sure then uh, ten guys don't get a job. You know, I'm sure that is a yeah, situation. There'll be injuries that come into play as well. But oh. I think I think this could very much lend towards eventually getting a State of Origin series back in some description or an all-star game. I oh. think there needs to be something like that. How would pissed would people be if it was State of Origin AFLX? <laughs> don't even don't at me, bro. We didn't invent it. If, if the AFL are listening to this podcast and listen to that, that's not a real idea. Like, don't no, run people, with it. People want State of Origin. Okay, we'll give you a State of Origin AFLX. They would, the laugh the backlash would be <laughs> so big. We're giving you what you want. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Look, anyway, okay, so AFL Grand Final, Chris, you spent thousands of dollars going to that. I did. I had to buy scalp tickets. Oh. I couldn't. Um, I, I'm, I live in Brisbane, so I don't have a, um, uh, a membership that was going to get me a ticket to the Grand Final. Pretty much it's impossible to get unless you know someone. <laughs> Uh, you've got a, you've got an in or someone who is a full time full member that can obviously get a ticket. And I apologise for those that had to pay witness to Chris's ten begging the, begging posts. The actual hilarious part of it was that I ended up buying tickets off a West Coast member who couldn't afford to fly over. So it ended up being that the, the flights over from Perth to here were about fifteen hundred two thousand each, um, plus the tickets, which was the and my ticket was four hundred or four fifty or something. Um, so it was going to cost him two and a half thousand dollars to go. So he just sold it to me and, and made $1,500 each ticket, which, was, uh, which wasn't too bad. I've, I've heard of people paying a lot more, um, so I was okay with it. But the problem was because he was a West Coast member, I was seated in the West Coast members area, right behind the West Coast goals, right in that corner of the pocket where uh, Dom Sheed kicked his uh, match-winning goal as well, which was really fun. Yes. Well, here's, here's my problem with it, Chris, because all these Collingwood supporters spending so much money that dentists around Australia are not getting any money for 2019. That's true. All that work they need done, they are not it's, getting any money because they true. spent it on the AFL Grand Final. I feel I feel really bad. But, and you know, they may have saved money because they didn't go out on the ice and meth that night as well. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the funny part is, is that, so Dom Sheed gets this mark... Let's call it a mark. It's not a mark. Uh, let's it's, call it, it a mark. mark. If, if that's a re- so this is okay. My argument against this. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I set him up. If it is a regular season game, it's a block, and and everyone's like, oh, but you can't play that in a final. Yeah, you can. It's it's a, it's the match defining moment. Yeah, you can you can bloody well play it. I don't believe they did. Uh, I know they didn't. But that that, <laughs> so that argument is just is it silly? Here's it's the silly. here's the funny part. Dom Sheed gets a mark. Let's call it a mark. Um, <laughs> right in front of me, <laughs> and I was like, right in front of me. It was right, right in front of right me. in front of Chris, and I'm sitting there. Dom Shea gets the mark. Let's call it. A mark. I I called it. By the way, I immediately called it a block. I stood and was screaming. Uh, the ref definitely heard me, as did the 400 West Coast supporters that were in silence. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, anyway, keep going. Okay. <laughs> so Dom Dom Shea has a kick. He gets his mark. Let's call it a mark. Um, I, I wasn't that upset because of where it was. Because I was like, oh, he's not going to pot it anyway. Chris, that's what I'm trying to get to. So Dom Sheed gets this mark. Let's call it a mark. 
<laughs> in the pocket, right in front of me, right in front of Chris. And Dom Shee can't kick for shit. No. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, Dom Shee's got the mark. Oh, but he's not a good kick. And Chris, I spoke to him afterwards, and he was thinking the exact same thing. It's Dom Shee. Dom Shee can't kick. We heckled him. We heckled it's him all be year. a point, bro. He can get his hands on the ball, but he can't kick for shit. G- get set up behind the ball. That's what done. <laughs> and then he slots the most difficult kick he's done all year. Oh, Bang, straight through good the guts. Good on him. And then he gets a key to freaking... Yeah, uh, or yeah. he gets a key. The key to the city. Oh, man. No, that, uh, really, that was a, a dagger straight to the heart. I was really... Um, and, of course, because I was in the West Coast Supporters Bay, I'm sitting down, like, hand in face, being like, this can't be happening. Um, because And I, I was pretty cocky, too, because, obviously, we got five goals up early. I'm like, oh, you guys still got a chance for me. Well, I'm like, <laughs> these motherfuckers over here. <laughs> Um, and then slowly but surely, and what's really annoying is that every time there was a really big moment in the game, I was getting beers. <laughs> so that intercept where um, the runner, uh, Alex Woodward, you know, cut off, which I don't think he, he had a chance of making the mark anyway, um, but, and it was Elliot Yo that kicks one from outside 50. I'm out getting beers. Um, the two goals at the start of the fourth quarter, the Tagoe kicks from the center that like should have signed the game for us. I'm getting beers. Like, and like when that happened, I'm downstairs in the bar at the, at the, in the lower level, and he kicks that second goal up. He's like, yeah, like going like absolutely mental. And the security guards comes over. He's like, you're right. And I'm like, there's no one else doing that. Is it just me that's going mental? And I forgot that I was in the West Coast end, and I might get too Oh yeah, that was. Um, but I'm sure you were in your seat when McGovern went bang oh, straight up and over. Um, By the way, props to McGovern for playing. Yeah, oh, he had yeah, really have like broken ribs like the whole game or something. Something and, crazy. Um, like he played a monster of a game because he just the, the the important moments that he needed to impact, he just did. Oh, it, but that last it's just a, a sequence of really good acts like McGovern yeah. up big fist. Uh, Liam Ryan's, like, Ryan's mark, mark ridiculous, and then that plays and then plays spoiled. and then plays on, yep. and then gets the kick, which was let's call it a mark. Uh, to Sheed, who slotted a tough kick. So yeah. you're looking at about three acts to win the game, which was just from 15 yeah, minutes unreal. on. It was probably the best grand final I've ever seen, which is um, which is fantastic for anyone who's a West Coast fan. Well, just anyone, um, I think even a lot of people, mutual supporters loved it. Too, yeah, and it, because for most of the game, especially once they were starting coming back in, you didn't know who was going to win. No, and you didn't know West for Coast half had the run of the play for uh, over yeah. half the game for because half, they were just pegging it back and pegging yeah. it back. For half the football, it. you didn't know who was going to win. And even then, like, you're looking at each other going, fuck, who wins from here? Like, yeah. you don't know. And that's probably the best part about football. So Yeah, and uh, I have to say that if you know, it was going to go out, I'm, I'm kind of glad that at least I had you know something to hang my hat on like a dubious free kick. <laughs> Or a hot, hot missus no, there with you. We shouldn't have been there. Like, the, the Richmond... Well, I didn't that even speak about the Richmond preliminary final, right? That was, that was your final. So, I'm at a, a, uh, one of my partner's birthdays at a, a local pub. And so, I just decided to remove myself from that and sit right in front of the screen and watch the entire Richmond-Collingwood game. Yes. And um, so, the, I was getting just copping it from all angles. Because when in Brisbane, everyone supports league pretty much. So, they're like, oh, what are you watching this for? Gay AFL. Ha, 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 ha. Do you know oh, how man. hard it is to buy my old man some Brisbane Lions merchandise? You walk into <laughs> even just like the, the merch, like the cigarette shops and stuff. Everything rugby league. Yep. And I was everything. like, "Excuse me, where's your um, Brisbane Lions AFL stuff?" Sell a lot of oh, Canal Gear later. They're here. like, "Oh, we don't really sell much Lions gear." 
And I was like, thanks, Cheryl. Fuck off. He's <laughs> <laughs> up, Susan. Hey, right, no, one, no one asked for your opinion. Give me some fuck. Even even Rebel Sport, they got all this basketball shit out now. Yeah, which I'm okay with, but I agree. Not a single rack of AFL here. Yeah, you really need to go specifically to the Gabba, or um, there are a couple of um, specialty stores around, but there's very, very few and far between, and nowhere near where we live. Although, good news... Um, Folks, <laughs> good news is a friend of ours has just moved to Melbourne in Carlton, yes. moving there in January, and Jewish Ben is going to visit. <laughs> if, I can save, for a week. <laughs> if I can save on accommodation, like I, I'm in. Yeah, no, so, we'll definitely be going to games going this to year, some which footy. will be good. Um, so, so, so yeah, so I was there and, uh, and I, I couldn't believe how well Collingwood played in that, in that game. And, um, yeah, well, that, that was, that was the best game we played all year and there was no way we could replicate it. So, um, props to West Coast. I'm still a butthurt supporter, but I had, them, I had them bottom four. I had a bottom four. I, in my preseason prediction, I had them bottom four. They lost two of their best players to retirements in the offseason. Yeah. Surely they're going downhill. Well, Apparently not. Chris, if you're going to blame anyone, blame Gold Coast for giving up their pick like 2022, 20, whatever it was, for West Coast first round pick. Yeah, what, what did they end up... Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. West Coast mm-hmm. won and gave them pick 18 for essentially... Like, they worked out that yep. Gold Coast essentially lost the equivalent points to pick six. Yep. That's what they lost. And it looks like Carlton are going to be doing that again this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually really liked the move, except that now they've just had injury, 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 and now it's he's... So we're Savani's talking about like, Liam Stocker. Yes. Um. So uh, we're, we're sort of going through what's happened in AFL, you know, while we've been absent, but... I bet, um, he's, I bet he's stoked. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be great for us podcasting this year. So Liam Stocker is... Uh, uh, Carlton took at pick 19, and they didn't have pick 19 because they had previously traded it away. Um, Adelaide, of course, uh, held that pick, and they did a pick swap and a fu- and a future round selection. So essentially, they thought they were going to win out at this trade. Um, we'll trade you next year's future first. We'll swap each other's first round picks. Um, Carlton and Classic Silvani, you know, they overestimate you know how good their season's going to be, and they think that it's going to be a lot better than they think. Well, they do, but not only that, I think it was a good move because they actually rated him in their top six. Top six. So they're yeah. like, well, let's Surprising. do it. Surprising. Yeah. yeah. So well, if he's that good, though, that's good only, for Supercoach. It was only, right? Yeah, it was only for him. Correct. So Surely it means that they, they must see him as, okay, he's going to start round well, one. Well, not only that. The, have, if he has a good preseason. That VFL guy, uh, Williamstown, whatever it is, that guy, the um, he won yeah, yeah. Mitch Best Gibbons, and Ferris, whatever. Yeah, he won yeah. Best and Ferris. He's now like looks like he was likely to get signed. Yeah, uh, apparently he's impressing them. Whether so or not he I've gets heard. a gig, I, I'm, I'm not sure about. I mean, the, the Doherty role because obviously Doherty got injured. I don't know if um, if he will. Fit oh no, it wouldn't though. be that. No, because you've got in front of him, you've got Nick Newman, and you've also got Tom Williamson. No, it wouldn't be that. Well. It'd be more just midfield depth. Is it Tom think, Williamson or Williams. I don't know. Anyway, they've got they've got people that will fill that role. I'm not sure that he will actually get a start in the squad in the 22, but he's an option too. Oh, I have a bone to pick too, just quietly. So on Spotify, there's channels and stuff like that. Some were looking... Uh, so you're looking at Will Anderson and some other guy talking football. They didn't even know who Nick Newman was. Oh, and I was awkward. like, oh, Nick Newman uh, from... Um, where from? Oh, who is he? I don't know anything about this guy. I'm like, mate, from Sydney. Like, yeah, most some people, of these players, how do you not know, know from Sydney? Oh, yeah, we're in a fortunate position. We pretty much live and breathe football, though, and I know a lot of the people out there that listen to this podcast are also in the similar boat. So, well, to be fair, I, I think- can't handle having a conversation about football with my own brother, yes. let alone like having it with. Like- well, to be fair, I think Will Anderson's been speaking dribble for about four years. So that's true. <laughs> Ever since he remade the national anthem, he's gone downhill from there. That was his peak, and then he's gone down. Um, 
So anyway, Chris, I would like to introduce everybody to the I Win Bets segment. Oh. Um, <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> so, Here we go. This is Ben's gloating time. It is. It's Ben's my, uh, gloating time. It is. <laughs> You're right. It is. I can't wipe the smile off my face. Um, so Chris, I believe, has never beaten me in a bet. That's not true. I'm sure I bet you five bucks. Ah, I, I bet you $17 the other night. <laughs> <laughs> AFL. Oh, that's true. At so a couple of years running, and then this year we made this bet. So we put it on Facebook. There were uh, four in total, weren't there? I think it was three. The one that we didn't agree on was the Ruck one. We didn't actually sign off on that. Which I won, but yes. yeah, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, so the Petrapa versus Kurnow was a very big one. It was $100. Spirits. Yeah, um, which, by the way, I got ripped on that. I don't know what <laughs> happened to... Well, I mean, did Carl just went, geez. well, we're getting the number one pick anyway, Here's whatever. Here's Petrarca started horrible. Kurnow was averaging like 88, 89, or even higher, 90s for a little while he to start the season. Great went, went great. And then all of a sudden... He started, fell off a cliff like Carlton's it season. Started, it started to turn, and Petrarca started to get a couple of hundreds. Kurnow had a few dud scores. Chris was winning the bet for 21 rounds. In the 22nd round, it was like at the end of that round, I was slightly ahead. So you're looking at Petrarca average 80.75, Kurnow average 80.05. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ahead. And Jewish Ben here is like, Chris, it's okay if you want to call off this bet right now because I don't want the chance like I might lose in the last round. So I'm like, hey, Chris, it's okay. We can the other thing off. that helped him as well, just so you know, because on total points, um, Kurnow won. Just so you know. But Who cares? Petraka, Petraka got injured for a few rounds, which meant that his average, um, like, Kurnow would have had to have um, scored more points in that last round to catch up because he played more games. So he's, so the average per game... It's 0.7. 0.7 of a score. Yeah. Anyway, so... That's what I'm just saying. So... Anyway, uh, so I tried to I tried to call it off, saying, look, it's okay, Chris, if you want to just call it off because I'm ahead and I'm happy to not pay 100 bucks. And Chris is like... No, like for the sake of banter, we are seeing this bet. <laughs> we are seeing this bet. Through. I also, I, I never renege on a bet. I'm, people out there do. I never renege. If I make a bet, it's that's a bet that sticks. I don't ever renege. Well, anyway, I tried to give him an option. I tried to be fair, and um, so Kurnow ended up scoring twenty three in his last game. Uh, no, round twenty three got twenty eight super coach points, which means Petrapa only needed twelve super coach points, and he got ninety seven. So I took that one, and uh, we'll post up something soon anyway, because I just uh, claimed my spirits. I got two bottles for that hundred. So yeah, well done, bro. Well done. Happy days. And shake, I'll shake your hand now. Okay, and I'll you. shake it again later in the I video. Uh, and the other one was Bontempelli and Pendles. I was losing that all season. Hardcore losing that. Pendles was, was absolutely killing it. Yeah, he was averaging like one oh seven or one oh eight, and yep. at one point Bontempelli was doing horrible um and then Clark, again, this, is, again. this is luke beverage's fault for the eighth time like <laughs> he could not have stuffed up my season any more than he tried i tell you what <laughs> and, and then so chris was winning this one for probably 21 rounds and then at the end of the um so with one round to go bontapelli was averaging 103.89 and pendles was averaging 103.8 and then the last round, Bottom got a 106 and Pendlebury got a 93. So Chris will be full kit wanker. I will. I will enjoy it. <laughs> At the uh, round four. Brisbane versus Collingwood. Anzac Day Eve. No, it's not Anzac. Easter Friday Eve. Yes. Um, we will be at the Gabba in, our full, in my full And you can, you can guarantee it'll be Facebook Live. Chris will be I full kid wanker. I will 100%. And I'll enjoy it too. <laughs> and I will. And if people are saying, hey, you look like football, that's not true because I'm really short. <laughs> I want to get in one of those lion's mouth guard things, like the colours. Like fully. <laughs> like fully. Oh, You're going to have to sit through a straw or something, yeah. which will be a typical Collingwood oh, way, I, way to I, sit. Anyway. I should be able to get into the members with that get up, right? <laughs> no. Actually, I think I've got tickets in the members. Uh, we'll have to talk to Stuart about this, but uh, I've already reserved two tickets for that night. So, yeah. 
not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting you in the uh, All good. No, it's all good. Anyway. Uh, anyway um, and then the last one, Chris was foolish enough to say Charlie Dixon would average more than Lance Franklin. You said he would be the top average. What did we have on that? You said he would be the top average forward. Oh, this one. Actually, no. No, that was that was the one that we Sorry, this was Full Kit Wanker, which yeah. you lost a long time ago. The other one was our draft pick, second round draft yes, pick. Yes, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, realistically, I should have said second round draft pick, or I should have taken your second round and given you the first third round pick. Because it only works if you're, the, if you're if not. You're behind. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I lost out there because yeah. I should have actually So said, I won that bet. Yeah, so what this, <laughs> what this was was a draft pick. So we have our draft comp. So if Chris happened to, throughout the comps throughout the year, so like tipping and ladder predictor, etc. If Chris was ahead of me in the picking order, I would take his second round pick, and then he would have my second round pick. So I would essentially pick move swap. Up. Essentially, pick swap. Yeah. Um, but really, I should have said if you lose, you know, if you winner takes the other person's second pick, so I should have given you my third pick. So yeah, third exactly round, right. So you get a me. round swap. Yeah, yeah. But we know, anyway. for, we know for next time. Anyway, that's all fun. But uh, anyway, so I we did three, win. We did collectively three. win a bet against Supercoach Elites, though, which was pretty good. That was good, and they shouted out, "Good on them, bless they them," did. because um, and it all started at the start of the year because they were saying. Oh, yeah, Sam Menegola? Yeah, well, can you tell me a forward that hasn't been injury-prone that will average over, like, 90 or whatever it was? Because there was a lot of doubt on a lot of the forwards or, you And know, there injuries. is again this year, by the way. There's yeah. a lot of doubt on a lot of the forwards. So injuries year. and, you know, um, Heaney, whatever, had his glandular and this, that, and the other, or whatever was going on. And I said, well, Menegola, because he's... Everything that you were saying, you know, you can't name a person that hasn't been injury affected and, you know, average over 90 or 95, whatever it is, or 100 or whatever. And I said, well, Menegola, he fits the category. He averaged 100. I mean, we didn't think he would go more than 90, but I said, it fits the category. Who are we to decide where, what he's going to average? Yeah. So then we came, I said, he, I said, well, look, I think he'll average over 90. And then Chris bumped it up saying, oh, no, over 95, we'll make a bet 95. <laughs> And I was like, great, but in, in I'm the good end, at making bets. In the end, no, but we won that one. He averaged 100, so yeah. happy days. Um, so we won that bet, and they were kind enough to give us a shout out, saying that we knew better, <laughs> which was lovely to hear. So. Nah, good, good, good effort, boys. And look, yeah. the banter's fresh. And we, I look, we like banter between groups. We like banter between yep. everyone. It's all fun and games. Correct. So. And you will not hear me make a Will Setterfield joke, uh, even though I trust me, I want to. But I've heard it twice. <laughs> and Chizo from Doctor Supercoach was funny enough. He's like, "Who was the other one you heard it from?" Because <laughs> the minute I heard it, I was like, "Oh, damn!" And they're like, "Oh, will you set him?" On your field, will set a field. Uh, yeah, play yeah. on words. It's not really a joke so much as a pun. Which well, I is, love puns. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Is you're, you're I can't, so I, well, I can't use it. Normally, I just make my own bad jokes, but now I've heard it twice. You're too pun savvy. It's you, ruined it. I think your puns might even be better than that one, though. Usually, yeah, probably. Yeah, and they're usually dirty as well. <laughs> nah, it's all good. No, my, so we had it. Look, and so yeah, well, I did lose unfortunately those bets, but I am a man of my word. I will be dressing up in a full kit. Uh, for round four, um, we've already done the alcohol and we will... Oh, well, the pick swap doesn't yeah, well, mean anything anyway. No pick swap doesn't mean... Well, it still could. You could win the last two comps, but... Well, hopefully. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. Um, anywho, so what did you learn from the season, Chris? Um, a few things. Um, probably the biggest thing that I learned from the season is that regardless of how well you're placed, you can still fall quite dramatically quite quickly because... I was. I actually exited the buys in what I thought was a really good spot. I had eight trades. I was really, really confident. That week, the, the last week of the last trades, I, I then had another injury at the last, sorry, the last buy round. Um, that took me down to seven. Then all of a sudden, next week, I got another two injuries and then had to trade out of that. Um, and then I had five. And then all of a sudden, like my trade situation went from 
really like I thought decent and like well you're just gonna hope that you go all right to die I got injury 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 and then I had like one trade left I had made one luxury trade um, which I made the wrong one. I, I traded out Dusty the week before he started playing um, well uh, midfield again. Adams. And, and then he averaged 110 on the run home. Um, now, I didn't particularly lose that trade at the time because I worked out Adams was actually averaging really well. I think he's averaging 105 over the last however many weeks. Yeah, but Dusty was averaging 85 over the last few weeks. So, But you've been trade. I made points up that way, but I didn't realize that Dusty was going to start playing midfield yep. again. And, and yeah. you've to trade. It was and mine. That was my one luxury trade, but I, yeah, it, it obviously blew back in my face anyway. Yep. Um, I think the problem was is that the start of the season wasn't very injury affected. So then, no, I got yeah. We, I was no, but we were just lot. being aggressive in our trade moves because we didn't have to replace the injuries, and then yeah. the injuries Quite that would this. normally happen throughout the whole season happened in the last six weeks. And because we were trading aggressively for position and aggressively to try and make up points, yeah thinking, well, we've got these ones for, for injuries, except all the injuries that would normally happen in a season happened in a small block, and everything just and came other, out shape. other people had them all at the start of the season and then caught up, you yeah. know, because they, you know, and that's, that's you know, I suppose that's luck that's, of the draw. That's the nature of so the business. What I realised is that you can't control Supercoach. At the end of the day, it's a beast. Um, you can't really, you can do everything you can to, to try and be in a good position, but at the end of the day, if you get caught out, you get caught out. And sometimes, like me, and a little bit like you, you get caught out with your pants down at the wrong time of the year. Yep. Um, and it just went from bad to worse. Um, I also learned there are some ridiculous guns out there that I underestimated. I think you underestimated as well at the start of the season. So someone like Jack McRae. Yeah. Oh, what a bloody season he had. Uh, yeah, he ended up being the number one true average team. And so when I say true average... Um, he got injured on 55 in round 12 at halftime. He did a hammy in the halftime warm-up, so he didn't come back out in the rest of the game. So if you take out his score, he actually averaged 131.1, which was ahead of Grundy for the year, um, which is insane. So someone like Jack McRae was averaging 106, increased his disposals by five points per game, clearances, goals, absolutely every category went up, statistically upwards, and had the best season that he's ever had. So... Whether or not he can replicate that, I'm, I'm not entirely sure yet. But, wow, I did not see that coming out of Jack McRae. I knew he was good. I thought he could do a 110, maybe a 115. Yep. But a 131? Man, that's just... Well, the funny the funny thing is, I was actually big on Dunkley earlier in the season because he was getting some midfield time. He said he JLT was, yeah, and, as well. well yeah. And so I actually had him in my draft side for a little bit. You know, he's doing well enough. But then he just got the back end of the year. He got the role. Yep. And Jesus, well, he, he literally dominated. switched with Tony McLean. Yeah. So the week that I traded in Tony McLean, he switched to Dunkley. <laughs> yeah. I know Bevo. Oh Bevo. And Lucky Hunter, who we ragged on all season. Yeah, ended up winning the best. Of the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, no, it's because of us. Yeah. I like to think that you, it, you know, know, we encouraged him. Do you know what it was, Chris? <laughs> I think after we called him out on giving us a one star. <laughs> I think he's like, you know, I'm going to show these guys. I'm actually going to play some football. Seagull. Ha. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show you a you Seagull. You watch, though. He's going to go back to his Seagull ways because now Lib is back. So he's going to need inside minutes. There's no way Lockie Hunter plays the same role that he does last year. Yeah, but... No way. Seriously, he's Lib is one, like, hokey pokey away from... <laughs> <laughs> what a <did> he, <laughs> he puts your left foot out. He, got a, he literally got a Cadbury chocolate bar tattooed on his on his arm. You know, like a fruit and nut bar. Yeah, because he wants the chocolates. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a weird cat, he's but a, I love he's him. He's a unique beast. Anyway, but yeah, he's one hokey pokey yeah. away from doing his like career. Catch you later. I mean, obviously, Grundy was the other really, really big surprise. Um, and the other one that really surprised me as well, I thought he would have a good year, but not this good, is Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, last well, 10 games of the season, average 121. That guy's just... Here's what I learned, Chris, to take our own advice. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sometimes. Rewind. Uh, we, we both said, pick him up. Now, or you round, won't be able to. Round yeah. six. And that, at round six pod, if you want him now, you've got to get him now. Well, here's the worst part, because we're like, their run is so good now. Jake Lloyd was so cheap. We're like, what a great bargain. This guy could easily average you top six to ten. Yeah. You know, and then I went and picked up Lance Franklin. Who <laughs> yeah. was injured the whole year. Oh, anyway. Um, Oh, but uh, yeah, and well, so Lloyd at the time though, in, in round six, he was averaging eighty-five. Yeah, so he ends up averaging one twelve, which is just insane for a defender. Oh, it's huge! And this year, I think you know he could even benefit from those kicking rules. I mean, yep. uh, who knows how that's going to play out? It's too early to tell. But um, yeah, so I learned that you know you can't underestimate how good a player season can go, and you, and. Don't write them off early. So just because they're having really good early season doesn't mean they're necessarily not going to be able to continue it. And it also doesn't mean that they're going to be able to continue it. So you're going to win some of them and you're going to lose some and you live and buy, die by your trade selection. That's fair. So. I, learned, I learned a bit more about trying to go for overall because normally I was just draft and trying to play for my league. Yep. So normally in that situation, I would actually have trades up my sleeve for league. Yep. And I wouldn't be luxury trading or trying to move up position and being really aggressive. So I learned a bit more about the strategy of that. And hopefully I just don't get bitten on the ass this year. So I'm going, I'm going for it again. Like I'm not, yeah, overall is where I think we, we should probably both go for overall. And, yeah. um, and oh, it's more where fun. you have fun I, is I like dra- you, have, you have a bit of draft fun, you know, yeah. like you can select players that you probably wouldn't select. And uh, well, that's what really what I like about draft is that in our draft, I can go a completely left-wing selection that people are like, why are you choosing him? I'm like, well, I value him X. Yeah. You only value him here because of what he scored last year, but I think he's got a lot more improvement. And that's where your real knowledge of Supercoach and AFL comes into play because you'll be able to tell who's had a good preseason, who's had a yeah. shit one. Well, not like that. Well, where, where the value lies, you know, so yeah. as in the people that could actually average you above where they are, like a Hanabry. Yeah. Or even like Sloan and those guys averaging like 99, Sloan 97. Really, really but those guys who you could yeah. easily pick up as a third round selection, which again is a mint vice captain selection. There is so, depth in midfield this huge. year uh, in terms of value. And yep. I am looking forward to both standard and draft. Mainly draft though, because I've got a late selection. So I'm not going to pick up a top. I mean, the number one pick is really blown out in draft. And I really can't wait till we really dissect you know, who's going to go into number one. And, we are thinking of doing a live Twitch stream for our entire draft, which will be freaking awesome. Um, so if people want to tune into that and you know have a laugh with people in their selections. Well, watch Chris's picks get worse the more drunk he gets. Yeah, exactly um, right. Yep. Yeah, so well, here's the thing. I actually really want Lockie Neal as my second round pick, except he's the 11th highest average up. There's and no way you'll not, get it with That's Wes. what I mean. Wes will pick up first round. Guaranteed. Yeah, no, you that's the no problem. chance of picking him up. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> or even if he, even if you were pick 10, you'd go Lockie Neal, I reckon, instead of a Lloyd. Oh, you'd, maybe. I don't know. There's, you'd have to go. There's so many value options that could average 110 to 120 this year. Um, I, I'm just... I'm excited. It's, sorry, you probably can hear it in my voice. <laughs> this is the favorite time of year for me when yeah. I do my research, which if anyone saw my spreadsheets last year are pretty 
off their tits, so I'll be doing that again. Um, and yep, I already cool. have already have got up to pretty much everything except for time on ground, I think. No, percentage, disposal efficiency, and I've already started entering in injury and some stat info, so I've got to finish off yeah, that. Yeah, we've got a bit of research to do left. We're also doing our team research at the moment, so we will have, have that all ready by uh, the time we start our pod series. Uh, but... Um, just so you know, we're obviously going very in-depth as normal, so you should be able to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so uh, on to the next yep. thing. So we're going to show a quick little sneak peek of our team reveal. Um, to be fair, I actually did this kind of on the flight when I was going over to Heyman, so I haven't actually given it too much thought, except my strong feeling so far is I'm going more guns and rookies just because it is meant to be a good draft crop year. So guys that probably are normally more expensive are a little bit later in picks, but still talented. Yep. So I think there should be some guys for 117, 123K. They're actually good players uh, that should get an opportunity. So And what I like about both our teams and having looked at both is that we have very different players, but a very similar structure. Without looking p- p- previously. Yeah, we had looked previously. None of us had actually looked and with a very similar structure, but a very, very different players. I know some people are very set at the moment. And, and for me personally, like, um, you know, people the commenting and tweeting and tweeting, twiting. She's <laughs> um, like, you know, oh, I can't decide on who I want for my mid four. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's too early. It's, it's so early. You've got so much time. You're going to have one guy who'll get injured, and then you're like, oh, I'll get this person. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I can, I can now afford this player that I didn't think I could afford previously. Nothing's set. So normally, I just keep an eye on, like, you know, uh, uh, I, I have an idea of what premiums I'm interested in, but I just keep an eye on them, and then I kind of sort it out later. Um, I get it. Look at your structure. Have fun with it. But, geez, nothing's set in stone. Like, you're going to change it 100 times by February. Just chill the fuck out. Yep. Excellent. That's, well, that's how I feel. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So yeah, these aren't setting stone, especially rookies. Oh um, yeah, especially rookies. I just but, threw guys in that I've even just you know, heard their names. I know a little bit about. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just kind of chuck yeah, them in. And I have done some research, so, so I've got a decent idea. But no, so I'll start from my defence. I've got uh, Rory Laird. I've gone Whitfield, Blakely, Zach Williams, Scrimshaw, and Nash. Um, with a couple like I got Ben McKay and Wig on my. It's not. It's not it's, set. It's not super coach if you don't have Harry Wig in defence at well, 102k. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> look and and with that I'm happy. Like Rory Laird, I think solid. Um, Jake Lloyd. Okay, so early on, just so, just just going through Laird, I'm not as sold on only because I don't know the sort of impact Brody Smith will have Nothing. coming back in. No, it's no impact. And he doesn't take kickouts. Yeah, he takes some of them, but he's not the he's not the one that takes them. And if Brody Smith comes back again, he, uh, he will take the kickouts. So that's one of the reasons why I'm not going Laird. But but he averages that without kickouts. I could. He's also I had him. I I, I definitely could be going Laird, hundred percent. Same with Whitfield. I definitely could be going Whitfield. I haven't got him right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit funny because I, 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 I do think Whitfield with Scully gone and, and with Shield gone, I think you know, Whitfield could move on to the wing, but I don't think that necessarily helps him because he dominated the halfback, so he probably should stay around the halfback. It, my opinion is like it is with anything. You're an all-Australian halfback flanker. Why are you moving to the midfield? Yeah, again? correct. You so, found someone who's better than that position in your team than anyone in Australia. But I just, I have fairly good faith that he'll at least average ninety-five. He's going to be a safe selection. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is in it's even if he he'll, moves to the wing, he's still going to get. He won't 95. average below ninety, which means I don't think he's going to be a pain in my ass. He's still going to be a top ten defender. Yeah, right? at the very worst, he'll he be will somewhere still in the top at 10. average Heater Shaw, <laughs> who uh, I will not bless. Way. I will not bless Heater this year. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, well, hashtag to, unblessed. We hashtag we. Have have to find some new meat to uh, to blood in. So yep. uh, Connor Blakely, I think, will be good. I think he's the biggest loss. Zach in Williams, defense. I think, uh, underpriced. So yeah, underpriced he's as well. and and I didn't 
necessarily want to do two GWS defenders. I do like Lloyd, except he, he did start slow. He has been knocked out previously. The last couple of years, you can actually get him really cheap. And he's, he's overpriced. And he has he did have end-of-season surgery, I believe. I think we spoke about it, so issues groin or whatever. So he, they do trust he will come back and he's professional and he will be fit, but he hasn't actually resumed full training, so that then gives me doubt as to whether I want to start there's, him. Yeah, there's question marks over so, every line, really. At, yeah, and at that's this why, stage, at this, there's always, yeah. yeah. At this stage, I do like Lloyd, but at that price, I'd rather try and pick another primo mid and work my way through. In my midfield, I've actually got Titch, Fife, Lockie Neal, Dusty Martin, Zach Merritt, Dan Hanabry. Um, I got Walsh and Constable. So yep. I hear Constable's doing good things. Uh, Stoker, he should Stoker, get games this year, yeah. McFadden and West on my bench. So again, just rookies to fill some space at this time. Fife, I'm not sold on, but I think he can dominate. He, uh, the, if he plays a full season, yes. So that's why I've kind of gone Titch, Dusty, um, Neal. They all play every game. So that kind of gives me some stability, and then I'm risking it with a five. Um, um, Merritt as well, by the way. Yeah. Merritt is consistent. He's, um, I think his last four years, he's only missed two games. Yeah, um, so... So I really rate I've Merritt. kind of gone for a bit of stability in games and then tried to risk it. So, But five could easily be, uh, if I had the cash, to like a Kelly yep. or something like that. You know, so Which is equally end. risky, right? So Kelly yeah. selection. I equally. see Kelly five as the guys you can't carry two, but if you, you should carry one because both of them can go huge this year. Correct. So, I don't know. At that point, it could all just change. I've actually gone Gorn and Billy Longer in my ruck combo with a Zach Clark because I think Zach Clark will provide that ruck coverage. Hopefully, he gets games. Possibly. Yep. Um, I, I think, think Zach Clark, I think he will get Hick- games. Hickey, Hickey, Gorn. Maybe even early because Bell Chambers is coming back from shoulder surgery, which is, for a ruckman, not great. No. Um, so he might Hickey, get early Hickey's games. gone to West Coast, so I think Longer will be the number one and only ruck, essentially. He will. He has gone hundreds previously. He yeah. has He has gone some... Like, He's the best value selection, I reckon. He's gone the consecutive hundreds, and for 260, I can't see how I can fault that. I think he, he'll get a couple Let's hundreds, and he'll jump up there. to 400 Their backup ruckman, Rowan Marshall, is an absolute spud. Yep. Who is not going to get in much ruck time at all? He'll probably just be that third pinch hit forward. Whereas if you look at say the the comparatively someone like a Naismith, which I think is also a good selection, but he will be battling through the year with um, uh, ruck time with Callum Sinclair, who will likely play forward and swing in. But that's still still two number one rucks in the same team. Whereas I don't think that Rowan Marshall's really a number one ruck. Um, he's not going to compete with Longer for minutes. It's going to be Longer only unless Longer gets injured. So I think Longer's possibly a better selection this yeah, early. Yeah, this early. early. So that's, that'll, again, if, if he... If you're looking if, for a value R2, I think that he's arguably the best value R2. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, but if he doesn't get up, then obviously my whole structure changes. You know, so yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. Uh, in my forward line, I've got uh, Dangerfield, Heaney, Robbie Gray, Setterfield, Stengel and Hill with um, Langlands and Mosquito. Irving Mosquito. Um, but again, it's all speculative. Uh, Robbie Gray was McLean, but again, I, yeah, it's, it, it'll change. I think with Wingard so, done, Robbie Gray becomes a really valid selection. And... I can't see. So when I look through the forward, the f- premium forward line is the hardest to pick because it's all ifs. There's all what if, what if, what if. Everything's a what if in the forward line, apart from Dangerfield. Yeah, So correct. I think if you don't start Dangerfield in the forward line, you're really far behind this year because like, there's every chance that he comes out and just plays midfield this year and just dominates and gets averages 130 and then you're really behind the eight ball. Um, yep. So I think you have to have Danger and then you're either one or two premiums Oh, Ugh, I and, don't know. And Whoever I can't, you go, I can't see. Hanabry is probably one of the, one of the only ones. Hanabry, Dangerfield. I'm locking Hanabry in, providing he's fit. 
Yeah. But so he had a bit of a scare recently, but yeah, um but, uh, they yeah, just lightened his load. It was hamstring awareness, it wasn't anything else, it was just hamstring awareness. Three hundred and twenty six thousand. Yeah. For yeah. a guy a couple of years ago, back, backed up hundred and sixteen average basically. Yep. For two and, years running. And those that are giving him shit, oh he's had it, he's passed it, he's do you know what I mean? He's 326,000. And I think he's only 27, isn't he? He's only like... He's not even old. His career. And for those that... They, they ra- they, they're ragging. I was about 27. Yeah, so I'll, I'll bring so it up. So he, he, they're ragging on Hanabry. But then they go and pick up O'Meara, who had busted knees, didn't play for a couple of years, who never <laughs> who never averaged more than, what, 107. Do you know what I mean? So you're talking about a guy with premium maximum value. Yep. And if you don't like him, wait for his price to boost and then just bugger him off. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, with the amount of rookies this year in midfield, I think that you're going to be safe selecting a midfield. 27 years old. Yep, 27. Yep. So, uh, I, I think it's a no-brain selection. Unless he gets injured in the preseason, which he's not currently, he's not injured. Hamstring awareness is not an injury. All they did was lighten his preseason train load because he had made every single session and he came back early with the first to fourth years as well. Yeah. So he is in top physical condition right now. He just had a little bit of a setback. He'll be back running day one of the preseason and didn't miss a day this year. They just lightened his training load a little bit. Well, so. I'm very intrigued, Chris, because actually I sent him an email. <laughs> We're back um, on the email train, are we? <laughs> this is great. I sent Hannahs an email. I said, Hannahs, um, can I call you Hannahs? I feel like I know you personally. And he said, yes, continue. Then did you ask to buy him a coffee? And he said, no. No, no, no. I asked to buy him some beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he said, I see what you're trying to find out here. And I was like, are you, <laughs> are or, you, on the tops? Uh, are you or are you not on the cans? <laughs> Get into the bevos. He loves a good bevy. Hey, and then a Sunday sesh. It's all good. He didn't reply. So I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's still hungover from that day. Jury's out. Yeah. Jury's out. So Makes yeah, sense. we'll keep an eye on him. Look, I like your list. And I like the structure. Um, I'll go through quickly my team picker as well, which is very similar. Um, I do start with Jake Lloyd. Um, I've gone with him purely because um, I, if he's fully fit, I don't think there's anyone that comes close to him in terms of the, his ability to rack up the ball. And he, the end of his season, I know he's expensive. I can change that around. But I just think that he's at very least not going to... Um, you, you'll probably still get a top six out of him. He's not going to average under 100, right? In his current form. No, I don't think that's possible. And especially if the um, the SC rules do change for kickouts, um, obviously with the new AFL interpretations, he's someone that takes a lot of kickouts. He takes the second most in the AFL, which the only one that is more than that is Shannon Hearn. So takes a lot of kickouts, which is great for Supercoach. Uh, Cade Simpson as well. Um, I think he's sixth in the AFL for kickouts. Um, first time I've actually ever selected him, to be honest, because I've always been like, ah, oh, he's done. He's done. 13 out of 14 years averaging over 88 a season. I think I can bank that in with Doherty going down again. Okay, so everyone, quickly note, do not pick Simpson. <laughs> Chris is going on board, um, which means get and off And he's, he's the most expensive he's ever been to, which is unfortunate. But uh, the, those premiums, like, you know, you've got your Whitfield and, and then you've got Simpson and you've got Lloyd. I mean, who else you got back there? I mean, there's this, oh, there's just all so many ifs and buts around the top. Sicily, I Sicily's the one that I'm like, that's uh, probably I'm gonna, I'm going to miss out. If I think it was it's too Sis- expensive for me. If it wasn't Simpson, I'd be locking in Sicily. I love Sicily as a selection. Um, Hearn, I'm not sold on. I know there's a couple others, 
Blake Blakely is my um, D three right now. I think he's a lock of um, the hundred percent lock of two thousand eighteen. With Lockie Neal gone, and we've seen this previously when he moves into midfield, he can smash midfield minutes and gets big SC numbers. Yeah. So twenty seventeen, he ended up averaging this is like one oh eight yeah. for like yeah the back end of the year. And crazy. early in the preseason, Fife literally came out and said, "Yeah, we've got cover when Neil goes. Um, Blakely will shot straight in there." He literally named him as the guy that is going to be replacing him in midfield. Come on. Um, so I will be watching him, JLT. It's not saying so, but if you see him in midfield, I, I, I'm no hesitation. Bang, locked at D3. Um, I then have Zach Williams like yourself. I still have Birchall there, but it's probably going to be changed. Um, the only reason I had Birchall was because he was so cheap. It's not because I value him as a super coach player. I think in, even in his career, he's only gone over 85 once. He's not a really a really great super coach player, um, and he gets injured all the time as well. But if you can get seventy, if you can get a guaranteed plus seventy average out of a defensive rookie, I think that that's a win in any way, shape, or form. I'm with you. So if he's, um, if he does, if he has a fit rest of the preseason and he comes out in round one, I'll probably pick him because I only need to play him to play what the first seven eight rounds, get him to three thirty, three forty, and then trade him out. I think I have Wig. I've got uh, Keenor from uh, the Pies and Scrimshaw from the Hawks on the bench. So. That is a very expensive bench because I've got three, uh, two guys at 150 and one guy at 200, and then I've got Harry Wig at 102, which means that if there are other rookies that present themselves, I do have got a little bit more flexibility, a bit more cash to play around with in defense. Yeah, you need to throw it in your midfield. And right? I do because uh, my midfield's a little bit low. So I've got um, Mitchell, Neil, Merritt, Zorko, and Hannes. So I really only go four deep with my midfield uh, like in terms of premiums. However, I consider Hannabury as good as a premium. I and see what's year, happening a, a here. Year. What? <laughs> You've been buying Zorka coffee behind my back? <laughs> I have. He's Playing actually really Zorko. nice guy. Well, you know, did you, did, by the way, did you catch his off-season uh, shenanigans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Zorko is a bad boy. Uh, a woman scorned, although apparently uh, no emails, just, you know, face-to-face um, conversing between <laughs> myself and the Great Dane. Uh, well, apparently they'd been broken off about a week or so before that, saying, like, right, uh, okay. this is this is over, whatever, whatever. So they're we, on a break? No, 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 well, as in, who knows, but they he went out to the races with the boys, drunk, you know, passed out on the couch, whatever. He's a good-looking lad. They share a kid together, so she obviously knows his passcode, goes through his phone, where who knows what happened. Apparently, he hooked up with his sister's friend, so... Yeah. We've all been there. So she was angry. <laughs> and then, funnily enough, no one talks about it now, because he just put out a statement saying, oh, yeah, my account was hacked. Yeah, well, no shit. It was hacked by your yeah, ex-missus. We know who hacked it, though. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. My account is we, compromised. We got this. Um, and to, to this day, comments are still removed from his Instagram and stuff. So as in only guys like his friends or football players can comment on his stuff that he's posting. Yeah. Which is why it's all fizzled down, because no one can give him crap. Yeah, yeah. He posts whatever he wants, and no one can say anything. And, yeah. Well, look, if they're on a break, it's all all systems go, in my opinion. Anyway, um, I do think Zorko is a really undervalued mid this year. Um, he just needs to work through a tag. I think he's got he, one he of the best get, midfields around him. Well, he worked through a tag on the back towards end the, of the back year, end. Anyway, he so. really proved that he could. Yes, and I think that he's a shoe in to average one ten. I think he's underpriced. I think the same about Merritt, who also worked through a tag. Shield incoming, who has got to attract a tag. Yeah, I think that he's that really damaging. helps Merritt. Yeah. Um, Merritt also averaged 113 over the last nine or 10 games again this season. So you're looking at guys that are under, underpriced, undervalued in midfield. There's a lot of them. Um, and I've gone that way because I originally had a plan to go Gorn Grundy 1-2. 
And that's a slight change. I just ran through. The other uh, rookie midfielders that I have at the moment um, are literally just there. Eli Smith, I think, will play round one for the Brisbane Lions. Um, Irving Mosquito, I think he might play as well early, given the delistings that Essendon had. Um, Xavier O'Halloran from GWS, I think he might play early. Um, I do have Benell in there if he actually gets on the park. Obviously, I think you can't not start him if he's named round one, but... Yeah, I mean, if he's named round one, you have to. Yeah. Um, or, or just kind of accept the fact that you're going to have to put him in for round three. That's it, yeah. Um, I've got Liam Stocker in there again. And I, I would love Sam Walsh in this. I think Sam Walsh is going to be a guy that, and this is early, obviously. We haven't seen JLT or anything. Uh, Champion Data rated him as the most consistent in terms of um, disposals, averages, everything. Most consistent footballer in the draft in the draft club. So... I think he had like some ridiculous amount of games of 23 disposals and up, and he averaged 28 or 29 throughout well, the... The best part is, is that if you're going underneath Cripps, yeah. he's getting all the contested stuff well, and that anyway, and you can just kind of do your thing. Uh, and he actually does win his own balls. Yeah, well, no, that's but, what I mean. That helps, but at least he doesn't... You know, like Cripps will just be the yeah. bulldozer, and he'll just be there with the broom. Well, just, it's, they need the help, I tell you what, because yeah. Cripps can't do what he did last year every season. There's no way that he can like back it up. His physical no. toll on his body is just going to be too much. Well, he'll be banged up like Oliver. Yeah. Too shoulder. Well, they've got big... Like, they've got a lot of midfield talent coming through at Carlton. So, I mean, Carlton's yeah. going to be a, a team this year that you're going to look to for a lot of rookie upgrades... Or um, starting round one positions. I know so. I've mentioned it before, but we posted a photo. I retweeted the Carlton bedroom. So good. Yeah, very good. Very oh. cool. I still don't think it's a child's bed. I think it's a man bed. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is. It's a man bed. The last one on that is uh, Noah Ainsworth, or Ainsworth, I think it is, um, from Brisbane. I think he might get some early games as well. Rux, so I had gone, I was sold on a Gorn-Grundy combo, but I'm actually off Gorn because I do think that Bruce will play round one, and I do think that it will impact his Ruck minutes. Now, yes, he can go forward and take rucks, uh, take marks and then and shank them. Um, and he does do that, which is fine. Um, I just think that the impact that he gets most of his points from his hitouts to advantage, and it, that will be impacted. I think that he'll still be a 70, maybe 80% ruck person. But Bruce is a good ruckman. They're not going to sit him in. The, they, they got him in because Hogan's gone. They had, and they tried Pedersen, Pedersen, I think. Did he get delisted or Pedersen got traded? I'm, I'm, I think Pedersen's not, no longer with the club. Not sure. Which means that I think Bruce will play round one, which will mean that um, he will definitely line up in the forward 50 and then he'll be rotating at, for that Ruckman with Gorn. Whether that, how much that impacts him by, I don't know. He averaged, what, 127? Yeah, I think Gorn got a bit banged up and a bit um, fatigued yeah. too. So. so let's say he averages 115, 110. I think he's still going to be a good selection. But at his price, it's probably not for me. I've gone with Grundy and Cruiser because I think Cruiser, after his injuries last year, which saw him only average 79 from a lot of injury-affected games, he's still got a huge top end. He had three games of over 130 last year, um, and he's just proven that he can do that. So if he, he's had a full preseason so far, and if he has an uh, uninterrupted preseason moving forward, I think he could be a real good value selection. I'm with you on that. And not only that, if he, gets you, if he knocks up a few 130s, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to then try and bring yeah. in Gorn. The best thing about selecting Cruiser this year is this. You get five rounds to have a look at him. Because you have um, Mumford, is, uh, he doesn't play the first two rounds from having a uh, drinking a bit too much Coca-Cola. Um, and so then he's got obviously that other two rounds before his price increases. So in round five, you'll be able to downgrade to Rumford, uh, Mumford if, uh, if Cruiser's not scoring well. So you've got an option there to be able to downgrade to someone who's going to be a little bit of value and who I think could score you quite decent as well and make you some extra cash. So I think a selection like Cruiser is a really safe one 
this early on in the preseason, of course, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so not that downgrade and make yourself 100K. Yeah, exactly right. And you still got Zach Clark there, which, again, I think he's going to be have some early minutes as well. If you don't want to go with Zach Clark, there are other options. You could obviously go with a, um, a resting loophole um, with a forward ruck swing. Um, there's uh, there's also um, the GWS Ruckman that you can you can trial out because you still have um, the he got picked at uh, what's his name um, he's oh, I'll grab him out here uh, Kieran Briggs I think his name is yeah Kieran Briggs so uh, he was the number one ruck from the draft pool last year GWS have, have nabbed him and they're obviously going to groom him and train him. Um, they brought in Mumford as their number one ruck issue. They've also got Dawson Simpson as backup. But if those two go down, he will get games. Yeah. So, you know, round one and two, I don't know if Dawson Simpson's going to be playing because he might be injured, but then Briggs will get a round one berth. So it's interesting to see he might be able to get early. Yeah, games. I think and the thing that'll be my backup ploy with my structure is to try and have 60K in my bank on top of Longer if I need it. So start with Longer. Yep. If he gets injured, I can then go to Mumford for 60K more, but then I have Clark as my backup. So if Clark plays, then that gives me coverage and I can work out what to do. But the one thing I don't want to do is get stuck with a 260K ruck and have yeah. no, nobody to go to, yeah, no exactly. options, no avenue. Because if well, he goes down, Naismith, I think is what, then I'm in trouble. I mean, you could also go, but you've got to make an early call on someone like a Naismith. I think he's, let's pull up Naismith, uh, 251. Yeah. So. So yeah, not not terrible there, and um, you know he's a little bit cheaper, but so you can make that call early. Um, but yeah, you you need to make it early. Um, the forward line I think is going to be pretty stock standard. Danger, of course. Um, I've got Alzakini as well, and Robbie Gray. Um, D uh, F four, sorry, is Toby Green, and I think that he can have a really good season. Uh, and then I've got uh, Will Setterfield, uh, Josh Corbett. Now, if you're going to lock in a early rookie, Josh Corbett's the man. Um, he's a mature age recruit come up from, uh, he played in Werribee for the VFL last year. Um, he is a contested marking beast. Um, and he will be playing guaranteed round one, sign it, sign still delivered, lock it up. He'll be playing. So, um, yes. So like whilst he's a key forward, he's a mobile key forward and he can, uh, rack up the pill as well and kicks goals, very accurate kick of the football. And I think he's exactly what they need down there. So he will be playing. We've also got Sam Sturt and Ian Hill, who are speculative to play at this stage, but I think that they might be okay. Yep. Again, some some expensive selections throughout there in terms of rookies. So I've got a little bit of leeway depending on how it goes. But um, yeah, pretty pretty comfortable with it at the moment, but it's, it's very early. Very early. Yep. And I'm with you there. And um, so as we said, so starting January, we're going to do the team-by-team team analysis. So we'll go very thorough through that. Yep. Uh, last year, it was very popular. We had the top 10 for each position. So yep. where we thought, and then we discuss our difference in opinion and where we think people will be top 10 for each position. We're also talking about doing like a top 10 mid prices. So people that we think are underrated. So particularly for A, for standard and B, for draft, we're going to do both. Yeah, we're going to do a draft specific. Um, so the sliders yeah. for draft and the sliders for um, standard. So the people that you can, if you're struggling for cash, these are people who we think we can get maximum value out of. And if you have any other suggestions, please let us know because we're about to start recording a lot of content. So I even worked out half an hour per team. That's nine hours of content plus then all the rest of it. We'll end up having about 15, 20 hours of content yep. to deliver. I'm looking forward to recording that. So if you have any ideas, please do shout out. We are very open to suggestions. The other thing we're going to be doing is we're going to be announcing our uh, recording times. So when we actually are going to be able to record, yes. we will be For announcing that yep. on our yep on our Facebook and our Twitter. So keep an eye out in there. And you will, if you sign up to Twitch, you will get a notification. So if you want to watch us live, if you want to um, you know, get in the chat, ask us questions direct, 
Um, we're not going to be doing much of the um, Q&A stuff that we did last year because we're going to be doing that all live. Yep. So all live. If you want to come on live and you can obviously ask us straight away, if there's something that requires research, we will then research that after or hang around after the pod record, stay live on Twitch with us and we can continue to do some research and do some stuff that way as well. Correct. So I think it's a much better way to actually give back and more engagement. The the idea of this is just more fan engagement, more community involvement. We can give back a little bit better and easier. um, And we think we can provide better content for you than we did provide last year. So, Oh, and um, before we move on a quick uh, shout out to Stonesy Um, stones, mate, Merry Christmas. We finally, (laughs) we finally got together We've finally given you a little podcast, mate. So we, Mary, finally, we finally did it. We did it, man. Uh, a personal shout out to you, Stones, mate. Merry Christmas. Bless you. Bless your family. And bless every sort of um, your gift. Si- and your super any, Hashtag bless your super Hashtag bless your <laughs> gifts, your memes, everything for 2019, my friend. Bless you. Yeah, and thanks to everyone for the support throughout the whole year. We've, we had a ridiculous... Uh, I first think we year. were both blown away we by were. our first year and our success in our first year was pretty good. Um, also, uh, yeah, we had a, a couple of haters out there, but yeah, that's what you get when you're a little bit, I suppose, polarizing. A bit, a bit risque. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. But we are going to try and dial back a little bit for two reasons. First and foremost, we are going to be live on Twitch. Um, and we don't really want to be, there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of kids on Twitch or there's a lot of guys that are younger. We don't want to be as risque, but we will still be fun and kosher. Yep. And for that one person that's complained throughout the year, you know who you are. Let's hope you get a pair of stockings and jocks for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other reason is, uh, this guy right here is going to be a teacher soon. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Hey, hey, calm down. (laughs) So I will have to be very PC, uh, on the Twitch, unfortunately. So Chris will be left up to him to, um, be outlandish. (laughs) That's what I do. Um, but anyway. yeah, congratulations to Ben on finishing his uh, what, second year of uni. Third, mate. I've got one more year. Your third year? Yep, one more. So, uh, yeah, so he will still be doing uni, of course. Um, I won't be. Um, I don't do that. But after anymore. that, I'll have much more free time at night. So happy days. Yeah, it'll be good. Anyway. Anyway, um, bless you. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for your support. And can't wait to 2019 drop some shit. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bye. <laughs> The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 